With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Welcome back then to our discussion on The 100. This is part two. If you're joining me now and you haven't listened to part one, well, just press pause or stop and go back and find part one, which will be available on whatever podcast platform that you listen to the Cricket Badger podcast on. Thanks to Who Knows Wins for the support of our current podcasts. Get involved in playing the Prediction League that we're currently running on the IPL 2021 tournament. But enough of me rambling on. Let's get back into our debate about The 100, the good, the bad and the ugly of the competition that's starting in England this summer. It's that Badger style. I saw Abby's hand go up and Phil's got his hand up as well but I'm going to go to Richard first I've not spoken to Richard for a while and we all witnessed him for about 20 minutes making sure his Zoom works we need to make sure we get give him some um, input onto this uh, Richard um, in terms of the ECB and their their role in this and I, I know I, I am very conscious of that when I'm asking a lot of these questions, I, my kind of true colours are coming out here. So I'm going to go back to Chris and Warren as much as I can to give the county ar- counter argument to this. But the ECB have talked a lot about market research. They've talked a lot about how they're going to get new diverse audiences, how they're going to do X, Y, Z, and how the 100 is going to be the answer to everybody's worries. How do you see the ECB's role in this? Because I, I can't remember which one it, the person it was earlier that said this, but yeah, they, they've talked about doing this market research and that it proves their point. I've never really seen any of this later. And surely if you had that golden bullet that was the market research that said that the 100 was the answer, you'd wave it from the rooftops, wouldn't you? The ECB from the get-go have used this market research ploy as just an argument for what they've just written on the back of a cigarette packet and passed around because they said uh, six balls is too many for mums and kids to understand. But already you're saying that your new audience are too stupid to understand a game. Where my wife's a member, my niece is a member, the people I sit with at the Oval are pretty much 60, 40 
men to women. If you like the game, you enjoy the game. Then now someone said about outs being better than wickets for um, the speak, the hundred speak. Market research has proved that they need to change the terminology. This hundred was supposed to start last summer. There was no outs mentioned last summer. So somebody else had written something else on another cigarette packet, passed that to Tom Harrison and said, oh, we've got another little gimmick. We'll just throw in now because there's 100 days to 100 we need to be talked about. If, like you say, you've got market research that proves all this, show everybody. Print it, get it printed, get it out there. In a previous life, Richard, I, I did do a little bit of research work before I got involved in cricket. And you can make things prove what you want them to prove if you ask yeah. the right questions in the right way yes. and often market research is you think about what you want to do and then you ask the questions to get you to that destination and that seems to me if they have done the research that seems to me how the ecp have done this they're doing it to justify what they're doing rather than actually getting yes. a genuine opinion from the the kind of shires of england who are they asking? I mean, I don't know. We've got 13,000 members at the at Surrey. Lancashire, 8,000 members. There's, I don't know how many members throughout the cricketing world. Not one person I've spoke to has been asked a cricket question by an ECB market research team. Hands up anybody that's been asked the question from the ECB. Warren? Yeah, they send uh, surveys. They sent a survey around, didn't they? Last summer, was it? Like a fast yeah, I mean, I mean, actually, as part of a market research exercise into bringing the hundred into into being. Not specifically for the hundred, but they, they, a... they often do a, a, a fan survey in terms of what do you think they can do stuff. But yeah. they they they've said they've had focus groups in rooms and they've met thousands of people, and the thousands of people have said that the hundred is what's required. And I've not, I'm yet to meet any of these people. Um, Abby, you you had your your hand up ages ago, so I'm going to come to you first. Um, thanks for coming back. I just wanted to go back to the point we were talking about, where the Royal London One Day Cup is kind of the background noise to the 100. I don't like to think of it that way because obviously it provides opportunities for the new players who don't get to play that much county cricket for to bring them into the fold. But I also just wanted to talk about the impetus on the women's game because that is one thing that I really, really like the 100 for because of the equal playing field or the more equal playing field. I am totally with you with that. That's one of the few redeeming features, I yeah, think. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that as well. It's a shame that the Women's Super League had to be finished for it to happen because that was increasing in popularity every year. But another thing that I think needs to be mentioned in terms of the ECB's publicity, that because the fact that they're focusing all their publicity on the 100, is the fact that it's been completely ignored that the women who haven't been chosen for the 100 are still playing games, and that is not publicised enough. Phil, you wanted to come in. Yeah, sorry, quite a few points came up that just... I felt like I needed to respond to. Um, I'm I'm not convinced, and, I, and I'd, I'd certainly prepared to be persuaded. But the idea that the ECB say that the new breed of fans are too stupid—it's emotive language. It, it, it doesn't. I don't know where this idea of bad faith on on the part of the ECB has come from. I, I'm not an apologist for them, but I I can't believe that anybody has come up with this idea on the basis that uh, they want to do damage to the game or that. I'll, t- they... I'll, t- I'll tell you a story, Phil. Um, and I'm not going to name the person, but I know somebody that went up to Tom Harrison and said, 
asked, I started asking about the 100 and Tom Harrison's response was, this isn't for you. And that seems to be the attitude from the ECB that existing cricket fans, county members and people that go to county cricket, this yeah. isn't for you because all we're after is this new audience. And yeah. that, that I think has put a lot of people's backs up that, you know, and they, they, pay their mem- yeah. they pay their memberships to watch their county. As Craig said earlier, they pay their memberships to go and watch their county play. They yeah. haven't been paying their memberships to go and watch the 100. And then they've been told by the ECB, well, this tournament's not for you anyway. Yeah, but I mean, that that's right. But that's not bad faith necessarily. That's not them saying that their new audience is too stupid to understand the old rules. I, I fear that that's a jump being made because of the emotion that's involved. And I think it's a they, jump they, too far. They have said, the ECB have said, they've made these new rules to simplify it so that this new audience can understand it. But again, I, that's... I, I, I know that that isn't actually saying this new audience is stupid, but it's basically saying we are effectively dumbing this down to make it easier to understand. <sighs> Well, it's, again, that's use of emotion. Oh, look, there's someone sitting in the middle. I don't find that helpful. I, I don't think it's going to personally win an argument. And I and I don't think it's going to persuade me that there's something wrong with the 100 based on the idea they're trying to simplify it. I think that's over-emotionalizing it, if that's even a word, making it too emotional. Yes, it's being simplified. There is a purpose to it, to bring in a new, new audience. That doesn't necessarily mean that they consider their customers to be of diminished capacity if you, in terms if, of Phil if you could if you can count to 100 you can count to 20 you can count to 6 can't you yeah I agree I mean these are all yeah I, I can't disagree with anything you just said but I, again I don't think it means that you're that there's a suggestion that people are too unintelligent to understand cricket can you go to Warren next and then to Chris yeah, just, just very briefly on that one. I mean, I try and get as many of my mates into cricket, male, female. It can be tough sometimes. I'm sure all of us have tried to get our mates into cricket. And you try, you start explaining the rules or what have you, and you can see their souls drain away as their eyes glaze over because they just... It just, it's just too complicated sometimes if you're oh, not all... Is that, is that just talking to you, Warren? <laughs> Could just be my mates, I suppose, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any harm in just making it a little bit more simple. There's not a big difference between T20 and the 100. In my view, it is just a slightly different version of T20. I don't think it's actually that different. But if you could just make it that little bit easier, it helps. But and we've got to put it in the in the round. It's not just the format. It's the um, the no alcohol zones, the family zones, the time. It's, it's the whole package to try and bring in those uh, new fans. Didn't we have those already? They, they, were, they were in for county yeah. cricket when they they're certainly in for international cricket. In for T20. Yeah, I thought. Lost has got it. Oval's got it. But there are no alcohol zones, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, family, family only, no alcohol Old Trafford's zone. got it. I, I, I thought I thought it was in, but either way, it can't be. It's only a good thing that there are areas of the ground that kids can watch it without the risk of drunken over exuberance or foul language. So that, I mean, it's clearly a, a, a positive. I don't think it's an innovation though, because I'm sure it's already there. No, and it, Warren, it is. Warren, could I just ask one point of view? Because it was something that I. I, I need to to understand more being in the middle is that you said earlier that Stokesy comes in and plays for Manchester comes to Surrey uh, to, to the Oval someone's boy wants to go along and says I now want to be a Surrey fan great that might be great for Surrey why is that great for an Essex fan or a Kent fan or a Derbyshire fan I just said Surrey just because I, I live in London it could be any county any, well, it, any... it can't be any county can it because of the franchise system no, what, what I meant was you're inspired by your hero on TV it doesn't have to be 
cricket can be any sport. And then you say to your folks, can I go watch the local club just because I like what I saw on TV? It could be Essex. It, it could be any sport. It can be any club. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's just what I was getting at. Is it more likely to be to the benefit of one of the eight franchises? Uh, we, we don't know until it happens, I suppose. I don't. I, I, don't I know. think my instinct is it is. And I, and I, I think if you've got the benefit of your stadium, your name, particularly for Oval, you, you can't hide that that is a Surrey team. I mean, at least Middlesex have pretended that it's a London team. So, or, or Trent, Trent Rockets. They're surely going to have the benefit that flows from an influx of members, child, uh, like new generational interest. How would that be? How would Essex or Kent be compensated? How would they get their share of that pie? Yeah, well, £1.3 million already. Last year, even though we didn't have 100 and this year as well, we know what the finances are like in the game. It's right that we should try and divide the benefits wherever we can. Just sorry, get the 1.3 million. Yeah, sorry. Just sorry, get 1.3 million out of it. Everyone, yeah. every, all the counties got paid. So how um, do Essex get the benefit of the new fan that they don't have at their ground that doesn't get introduced to their players that doesn't get introduced to their brand? I think it's just they just want to go watch cricket, don't they? If you live in Chelmsford and you see it on telly, it's like the same football. It's any, it's any sport, isn't it? You're inspired and you want to go see it live if you, if you can. But I, I wonder, sorry to hog it, James, but I wonder if like in the football, you see the kids around here where I live, which is in the, the darkest depths of, of, of East London, where it meets Essex, the kids are walking around in Man City tops, Arsenal tops. They're walking around in. They're not necessarily walking around in the local colours. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. Download the app now from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Just one question, Warren, before I go to Chris, and I've been promising Chris for ages and he's waving his hands frantically <laughs> in the top of my screen. You mentioned Ben Stokes and you mentioned, you know, a lot of the poster boys for this, the hundred are England internationals and they've all been given in England internationals because of the fact that England are playing international cricket. These England players aren't actually going to play that many hundred games, are they? No, they're not, but they're going to be playing more than they do in the BBL, which is good. Um, I mean, I said Ben Stokes it doesn't have to literally Ben Stoke, be Ben Stokes. It could be Benny Howe, you know. It could be Benny Howe's day in the sun that gets them inspired. It, it, it could be anyone, really. But yeah, no, you're right. It'd be great if they were there for the whole tournament, but then the traditionalists would go apeshit if, if they were there for the whole tournament. They, they'd go absolutely mental. I mean, that, that's one of the advantages of the IPL, is that the way that BCCI control the Indian players and they don't let them go and play anywhere else they reward them financially as a result of that. The IPL gets every single famous Indian player playing in it and plus the best of the overseas. The 100's never going to get that. Chris, I am coming to you now. You have been waiting very patiently. Hopefully your moment hasn't gone. Well, I very much appreciate it. No, I just wanted to duck in. Um, and it was it reminded me of this tale from my own childhood. So obviously I grew up in North Staffordshire. The first football match I ever went to was a Liverpool match. And, you know, I loved that. And I loved, at that point, Michael Owen was, was the absolute hero of the, of the hour. I started going to Port Vale matches because of that, because Port Vale's a local team and I started going to more football because I was interested in the game. And I think that's, it's the inception. It's not the immediate results. That, so, uh, so what you're saying basically is football really gave you Port Vale, which can't be a good thing, can it? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Time has time has definitely proven its point to me on that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Um, I also just it was jumping a little bit back onto the idea about research, and again, 
yeah, the, the, one way or another, the ECB research was not something that especially interested me. What research uh, interested me was the stuff on my own. And, you know, I, lo I looked at my friends, my family, um, my colleagues, people who just don't care about cricket. I only speak, and this is, again, this is just me and my own personal experience. I have spoken to six of my friends and I've managed to ask six of them, do you want to come and check this new contest out? It's new. Even I don't really understand the rules of it properly. And all six of them to a person said yes. Um, so for me, that was the uh, a personal experience of a litmus test of people who've never seen a cricket match before. And the big key was that I said to them, it's going to be done in the length of a football match. It's going to be all sixes and fours. It's going to be relatively quick between uh, between it all. Um, it should be it should be a good day out. And that for me was the ultimate, the ultimate selling point for them was, are you going to have fun? And is it going to is it going to rinse my pocket? And am I going to be home in time to put the kids to bed or to get up for work the next day? Chris, don't you think though that the ECB? I have always said I have. I'm not opposed to change at all. If they want to razzmatazz up the T20 blast or do other stuff that I can get my head around, then I'm more for that. When they brought the T20 in, I was at the first game at Headingley. I, I got into that very quickly because I could see the logic behind it. But don't you think the ECB have missed a trick in or got their PR wrong on this in that they have kind of moved past the existing fan base. If you are running a business, whether it's a massive business where you've got shareholders or whether it's the local corner shop and you've got your local trade and you are going to do something that's going to really change how you are doing what you're doing, you consult with your shareholders, don't you? You consult with your local people to say, we're going to change kind of nature of this corner shop or something. You don't just ignore your existing clientele and go and find the new audience because you might actually just turn around and realize, well, the new audience actually isn't as many as we thought and we've lost all our, our existing fans here. I totally take your points. And again, like we said, I, I'm not I'm not a spokesperson for the ECB. Um, I don't really pay that much attention to what the ECB does. And again, as far as my involvement in cricket is, I just go and watch it. Perhaps personally from a personal standpoint was that county cricket was not my immediate allure. I started watching international cricket first and that became my overall kind of passion, the thing that got me into it. But one thing that I have watched from an outside eye is that people who are ardently passionately cricket, we spoke off air earlier about my godfather who is a passionate Lancashire, Lancashire fan. He, uh, he will not be moved on a lot of things. He, he gets very, um, very petulant sometimes quite angry at me and sometimes <laughs> it's, he won't be told and a lot of the time from my perspective I can only say it can put people off a little bit and um, perhaps I don't know again I'm not the ECB I don't know perhaps there was an element of that that the ECB saw people who are ca passionate county fans and went we aren't going to convince them anyway so what's the point Craig well how can I put this um, I don't know we're going to find out aren't we right well yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you talk about stubbornness. I mean, probably the two sets of the most stubborn county supporters have got to be Lancashire and Yorkshire. I'll, I'll, I will admit myself, I am stubborn, you know. I don't like change. But obviously, if there's, you know, if there's things that have got to obviously change, you know, to make things better, then yeah, I will consider it and what have you. You're going back to the research, um, I, think it was, I think it was about three years ago, uh, we had a members AGM. I think it was an, either an AGM or a members forum. I can't remember which exactly. And there was a guy from the ECB um, showing the business model of the 100. 
Uh, I was present, and I, I just looked at the rest. You know, I just looked at the rest of the members that was also there. And in all honesty, the the representatives from the ECB could just basically talk to a brick wall because no one was interested. I just think, in all honesty, with the T20, you know, you, can, you know, you want to permanently destroy the golden goose by introducing the hundred, which has alienated so many people, and you know, you're doing a very good job of it. Yes, we want new people to, you know, to come in and watch cricket. We want more support. Yeah, I, agree, you know, I agree with all that. But at the end of the day, you don't want to alienate your core base. Richard, have you been consulted enough? Um, no. But uh, I was going to ask Chris about how which team he's going to support, which franchise he's going to support in 100. Trent Rockets. So how far are you from Trent Rockets? Um, well, I'm from Stoke-on-Trent, so we're not far. But um, that, one was, that one was a pretty bit of an open shot. I, t- I take your point, but I think that does allude back to, an, to another point about the fact that I'm from what is a minor county. So I already had to look further afield to that point. So for me, that it wasn't really much of an issue. The big issue for me was whether I was going to support the Trent Rockets women's squad and whether there had to be a consistency between I support one or the other. But again, that's one of the fun parts of this new competition. We can decide for ourselves. It's, it's the timings, because I don't understand how you, who's told you it takes the length of a football match to watch a game before you go home. You know, if you're going from Stoke-on-Trent to Nottingham, does that take half an hour, an hour, um, an takes, hour and a half? It takes about an hour, but... Um, but you've, you've, got an, you've got to leave an hour before to get there, then it takes two and a half hours, then you've got another hour travelling back. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I went to go and watch a Liverpool match recently. I left here at five past five and I got here at half past ten. So, yeah, I appreciate that it's a it's a long distance, but it's certainly shorter. And the thing is, I know I know we're not we've discussed the T20s and how long they take. But you take things like the fact that there's only going to be there's only going to be 20 over 20 side changes throughout this entire match. There's do, you, only- do, you, do you actually think that's going to be true, though, Chris? I mean, I know you're right on what you just said, but they will have t- they're going to have sponsored timeouts. They're going to have all sorts of different things. We've seen Owen Morgan takes an age to set the field in, in England's one-day team. Mr. Mr. Iceman has, might as well get the deck chairs out and stuff <laughs> in between overs because they have massive tactical chats. The 100 is going to be no different. It's going to drag on. It's going to be nowhere near. Ultimately, it's going to be nowhere near what they initially say it's going to be because no competition that we've seen over the last 15 years has been. The T20 only takes three hours still. We we go to the Oval, the game starts at 6.30. If your bowling is under what it's supposed to be, you get fined, the runs, they shorten the break. If I didn't go back in the bar after the game, I could be on the train by 25 to 10, which is three hours after it started. Instead of 6am after coming rolling out the bar. Well, is that, is... Yeah, there's been there's been a few of them. Well, <laughs> do you know what? I, like, I, I do come to the Oval every time, every now and then, because my co-host is a is a Surrey fan. And um, I uh, I can just think, I went to go and watch Surrey against Kent, and that was not my experience. I, I left at the end of the match, and it was around about 20 past 10. So, but the thing is, that's... that's uh, well, was that, that a game that started at half past seven? Or was there a rain delay? There was a rain delay, but it wasn't long. And there was reduced overs because of that fact. Um, Did it start at half past seven because it was Kent or half past six? Like when we play Gloucester, Hampshire, the one to Somerset, the ones who travel, they start the games earlier mm -hmm. and the ones who are closer, they start later. The fact of the matter is it's about three years ago, so I honestly can't remember. Um, (laughs) It it doesn't take the four hours that the IPL takes. Well, because um, there are rules in place to make sure 
It's the, done in three hours. There's rules in place in the IPL, Richard, but they don't yeah. actually seem to actually abide yeah, by them. <laughs> the thing is, that's that's just a small point, but... The, it's all little points that make the big point, isn't it? Well, the, the, the little points that I was gonna, about to allude to was the idea that you don't have to swap ends uh, as much as you do, and that there there are, uh, what, three and, three and a half overs less per side. If you don't have to set, um, swap ends, Chris, but your bowler is coming up from fine leg to bowl the next over from mm. the other end, he's still going to take what it takes between overs to, to actually bowl the next ball, aren't you? Well, I don't know, but that's on the assumption that the bowler is going to be at fine leg. And they're still going to have a tactical chat ahead of the over. It, it depends what the rules are, though, isn't it, James? If you if you tighten the rules up, it's going to cost you. Then if you make it a genuine penalty, then they won't. You see, you see, uh, when when there's a run penalty on the go, you see fielding teams run, yeah. get their asses around the pitch. When, oh, I don't get. I, I saw Eunice Khan once at Headingley bowling over in I think 17 seconds. I think I timed him. <laughs> it's about 22 seconds. I think he bowled a complete maiden over because uh, Yorkshire had plus one on the board and uh, needed to get their over rate back and, and sort it out blackratcricket.co.uk you've probably spent lockdown dreaming about scoring runs and taking wickets well let Black Rat Cricket kit you out and take you towards success blackratcricket.co.uk they've got a swanky new website and if you quote Badger when you check out you can get yourself 15% off blackratcricket.co.uk join the infestation Abby, in terms of the um, women's game, and this is very stereotypical of me coming to you first with the women's game, I'm, I'm sorry for that. We, we've spoken about how it's going to be women getting a little bit more precedence. We've seen some big names being signed for the uh, the women's, the 100. Do you think that's going to make a difference? And I mean, I've always thought with women's cricket so far, it's always been very much in the shadow of the men's game. Do you think women's game is going to really take a step forward as a result of the 100? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you that it has been kept in the shadow in comparison to the men's game purely in terms of publicity because that's just a whole different topic about gender in sport. But I think one of the good things that the 100 is doing in terms of putting it on an equal playing field is that obviously there's been a lot of talk about how some of the 100 matches are going to be on free to air, some of them are going to be on Sky, blah, blah, blah. Um, but with the women's 100 competition especially, they are putting all of the matches, they're streaming all of the matches live on the Sky Sports YouTube, which is very, very good. And that's a massive step in the right direction in terms of giving it the publicity that it needs. They're not all playing at the same grounds though, are they? I mean, I know talking to women's cricketers 10 years ago or whatever, they they always wanted to play at test grounds because they wanted that stage, yeah. quite rightly. But a lot of the um, the hundred teams. I don't know the answer to this. I'm asking you. The ones that are based in London are playing some of the games in North Hants, aren't they? They're not playing on the same grounds all the time. Yeah, so I can't speak for the London grounds. So I've only really looked into the Welsh Fire side of things. But initially, I was planning on going to the women's games in Bristol because that's the ground that I'm closest to. But now. They've moved it so that all of the men's games and the women's games are being held at Fire Gardens, which is great because it gives the team the unified aspect that I think they deserve in terms mm. of playing at a big ground. But it's disappointing for, because I mean, it would have been a real help for the fans from Taunton and for the yeah. fans from Bristol area. And they're going to be wearing the same crisp packets as well, aren't they? So it's going Yeah, to be, they're going to be wearing yeah. the same crisp packets, same crisps are going to be thrown around in the ground. That can only be a good thing, Richard, can it, for the women's game? Well, the KSL, when that started, even though it was franchised, I, I know a lot of Surrey people got behind the KSL straight away. Um, we used to go down to Sussex for finals day, even the one we, we won. We engaged with the cricket cricketers. Um, we had Nat Skiver was our captain. She was the captain of Surrey. Ladies, everybody enjoyed watching the KSL. 
but the, it shows up the franchise side of things because we had Tammy Beaumont playing for us for two years. Start the third year, she's gone. We've got Sarah Taylor. How can she be one of our own when she's not one of our own? That's the that's the franchise problem. But the thing that I wanted to say to Abby about the equalising things up, is it still true that the lowest paid man is still paid more than the highest paid woman? Yes, I believe that is still true. And that is a horrendous aspect. That's very, very, very not fair. Yes, no, it's not fair in that aspect whatsoever. But I think I have heard that the prize money for both teams in the 100 competition is the same. So at least there's that tiny bit of... It's a little bit of parity, but they could yeah. be doing a lot more for yeah, exactly. They absolutely I still, could do. I still think the KSL was a, a better product. Yeah, so do I. But no. that's gone. Yeah. Craig, you're nodding there about the KSL being a better product. Have you, have you yeah, got mis- I, was, I was a big fan of the KSL. I, I, just, I thought Finals Day at Hove, the way that it was uh, all put on Sky, you know, I thought it was a brilliant concept. And for it to not get the nurturing and the love that it should have got was unbelievable. You know, was unbelievable. You're talking about the 100, about um, the women's game. I'm led to believe that the captains for each of the franchises only will only get paid something like fifteen thousand compared to what the men's get, which is what one hundred and fifty. It's a hundred thousand, I think. Hundred or thousand, you know. It's a massive, massive, gap. and it's and it's all wrong to me. I mean, at the end of the day, every you know, we should all you know, it should be an equal society. Our equal pay you get like you know you get the same prize money at Wimbledon now you know in the tennis so you know it should happen to, it should happen to the cricket I'm going to jump in and play devil's advocate to Abby a little bit if it was just a, a, a women's the hundred would there be enough watches enough bums on seats to, to actually pay the women anywhere near what they're going to get as part of a men's game I would like to think so sorry I'm in the middle of eating a grape um, <laughs> that's fine <laughs> you've been, honestly you've been on that long on this uh, this podcast we've got so, so much to talk about you might as well just all get your lunches out I would like to think that absolutely with the right amount of publicity they would be able to get all the bums on seats um, but I do also think there is the added aspect that by pairing them with the men in the same team it is going to increase it tenfold I hope it's, they get the viewers they deserve it's going to raise awareness and it's going to make some of the names that we that might not be household names at the moment give them more of a chance of being household names in the future isn't it yeah and I hope it also just increases because obviously I played quick cricket as a child and then I stopped because I couldn't really see myself in cricket and I hope that for all the little girls get emotional here but for all the little girls over the country that aren't really sure if they want to continue with cricket because they're just playing with a load of boys I hope that they can be inspired yeah I, I totally agree with that I, I as I said before I think the, the women's side of it I think is one of the one of the few good things uh, as far as I can see Phil come, come across to you the free to air element which we've obviously talked about the good things about having free to air um, and what it can achieve when I first heard about the 100 and the fact that it's going to be on free to air television that was the only sentence I heard and I assumed that that meant oh all of it's going to be on free to air but actually in reality it's actually a, quite a small percentage of the games are actually on free to air the rest on Sky which you still have to pay for yeah oh, do, do we know which games are, are selected yet or are they going to select them I think they've selected I think they've said how many are going to be on the yeah. air but I think it's 10 isn't it not. 10 men's games yeah. is it 8 it's a couple so I think there's about three or four double headers as well. One women, you got the women's game, and then you got the men's game later on. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends where it's free to air, doesn't it? it? If they're going to put it on the red button, hide it away on there. That I mean, technically it's free to air. How many people are going to know that? BBC Sport is so short of decent live sport that 
um, one would hope that they would make it pretty obvious in their schedule. It's good. I, I think any live cricket, even the Channel 4 stuff we had recently with the Test Series, the, the, nobody seemed to want the Test Series, but the, the, the Sky had already signed up the T20 stuff. So, I mean, I, I loved having that that back on the TV again, even if it was the middle of the night for to, to get up. and But it, it actually worked quite well uh, working from home. It meant I could get up early and watch it. So I, I loved it. I personally loved it. I can't say any of my kids cared about watching it. I did, um, I, did, I did get messages actually from people saying I've been getting up and we've been having breakfast with my son and he's absolutely he's now asking me to turn it on or I, yeah. you know, and he'd never shown any interest in cricket before so there, there was an element of that I think and obviously the more you do it the more you get that thing. Yeah I mean it's difficult because I'll, I'll sit there and have cricket on and the kids will come in and sit down but they'll still have their phones so it might be on in the background but they're, they're not 100% engaged and all of my kids are their force fed a diet of cricket they all play whether they like it or not although the girls have actually the girls have, have, have given up I'm hoping just for this year, this See, we, year we need out. to put you in charge of the ECB and then everybody has to play cricket and that's, yeah, that's it's force fed job, absolutely job compulsory job done then just to build on the topic of the kids, um, when the test series was happening, because I'm quite involved in the cricket Twitter sphere, there was a lot of talk about how free to air is a bonus, but it's not always the solution to the problem purely because a lot of kids do just as, as much as we like it or not. They do just spend a lot of time on their phones. And yeah. I think that the 100 can really benefit from that in a way that the India series didn't because I remember with the India series they didn't put the highlights up until about 12 hours after the match had finished or something stupid like that but there's a lot of opportunity for the 100 to capitalise on the internet and social media side of things which yeah. I hope can bring the message to the kids uh, Yeah, I, I don't think free to air is the panacea that's going to solve all of cricket's problems because you're looking at an age now of, of kids who, who get them they're viewing from YouTube or from other social media outlets and it's crunched right down. The idea of them sitting there even for two and a half hours, unless they've really got into it, I think they'd rather just go out and play it, to be honest. If I said, let's go out and play, then yeah, that'd be great. If I asked them to sit down and watch a game, they'd probably come in the last 15 minutes of the game if it looked good and sit there through that. But I, I think that's the problem that we've that cricket's been trying to wrestle with. How do you get that last 10 minutes of a T20 or that last session of a test match to it, that tension to last throughout the whole game? It's like the middle overs of the... Um, that's the, why I love test matches, though, because you don't always get the you tension. Earn it. You, you get you earn you, that tension. Yeah, you, you invest five days of your life and you sit there with nothing happening for four days of it. And then all of a sudden you get hit over the head by something remarkable at the end of it. And that you, and you like you say, you've earned that. But you get those swaves of... Uh, it's like a good feature film. Isn't it? You that, get that's bits why of, I prefer bits, bits of um, half an hour of magic, followed by half an hour of nothing, followed by half an hour of something in the middle, and that's roller coaster through those five days. And that's why I love it, and, and that's why I was reticent. That's why I'm trying to stay relatively neutral now, is because I know that I didn't like the idea of T20. It took me some time to come around to it. Now I love it. I was there when Essex won, won a few years ago. My dad won, and, and my boy, three generations of us there seeing Essex win off the last ball. Fantastic. It's a day we'll all have forever. Now I'm a fully committed fan of T20. And I can't say, even if I've got misgivings now, that I won't be a fully committed fan of the 100 in 10 years' time if it works. Well, we're going to ask you that in a, in a second, because yeah. we're going to have to round this up. Otherwise, you're going to take this Sunday into Monday and into Tuesday, because we, we could, <laughs> honestly, we could talk about this subject forever, couldn't we? Because yeah. there is so many different aspects of this, and it's going to be really interesting stroke scary, I think, to see how this goes forward for cricket and for the ECB and for all of the teams involved around the country. But let's go around one by one then. Um, I'm going to start with the guys that are anti the 100. Start with you, Richards. 
Um, have you heard anything today from the other people um, on the other sides of the fences to maybe soften your opinion of it? Is there anything you've 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 learned today, or have you, are you still very much in the in the kind of mindset of where you were when you came into this conversation? Still in the same mindset. I formulated that if the ECB wanted to put this as a new a new format and win over fans straight away, they should have started with school kids playing the hundreds as a childhood competition with the rules already in place, not making things up as they go along. So by the time the kids were just about leaving school and the next generation of kids coming underneath them were playing 100 at school as well, then they could have just gone straight into now we're going to have a, a national 100 franchise competition. The kids that had played it would understand it. If they didn't bring the old, old dinosaurs, it could bring the people that wavered a little bit. I love T20. I will fight with people at the Oval that don't like T20. I've only got a championship membership. Last year was the first finals day I haven't gone to. And we only won one. I've been there when we've lost the other six. But it's a great day. Yeah. So I'm not against change. I just don't like the way that this 100 is supposed to be the saviour of cricket in the ECB's eyes and the way they've gone about it. You say about the saviour of cricket. I mean, the finances of it, of it don't suggest that it's going to actually make a huge amount of money in, the, in its early years. And if you actually include the 1.3 millions to the counties, it actually makes a loss. Um, and 17 million over five years. Middlesex don't even make any money. That's why they voted against it, because it's Lords. Yeah. Final question to you, Richard, for today. And thanks, thanks for being on. Can you still see 18 counties being in, in existence in a decade's time? Um, honestly, no. Let's move on to Craig then, another anti the hundred man on today's <laughs> podcast. And Craig, um, same question to you, really. That I asked Richard, have you heard anything today that's changed your mind or given you anything different to think about? Uh, no, not really. Look, at the end of the day, we all know that cricketers have, you know, could have vastly long careers and they can also have very short careers. So it's a case of obviously taking every opportunity as it comes. But I just literally do not think that the 100 is the solution long-term. I think the ECB haven't been honest with with its research. The marketing has been an absolute disaster for me. I'm, I'm just not going to be, you know, you can put as much positive feedback on it or negative, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I am still remain to be convinced that it's going to be a success and I'm still never going to watch a game. I love the way, uh, Craig, that you're so animated with your hands on a on an oh, audio on, on, your, on an audio <laughs> podcast. It's uh, yeah, t- totally. The listeners are missing out on his dancing. And <laughs> one of the points I've never held against anybody in terms of the hundred debate is the players. Yeah, because as a player, you go to where the money is, don't you? You try and make you, you, you try and make your career pay. So I've Absolutely. got nothing against any of the players that are going to play in the hundred. You could have, you know, you know, one day you could be top of the world, you could be the world's number one bowler or batsman, and then, say, a couple of weeks later, you could have a career-ending injury. So you don't know how long or short your career is going to be, so you have to take every opportunity. And I, don't get me wrong, I admire the, I admire every cricketer that's, you know, going to take the best opportunities that they can. But for me, I'm just not convinced it's going to work this competition. Craig, will we see 18 counties in a decade's time? Oh, it's a very, very good question. I would like to say yes, but again, with Rich, I agree with Richard. I think, no, I think sadly we're not going to see it. Craig, thank you for being on today. 
the other end of the spectrum. We're going to finish with the neutrals to see if they've changed their minds at all. Um, but uh, Warren, let's go to you then. Looking forward to the 100. Have you heard anything today from the other side of the argument that gives you any cause for concern? Or are you still 100% for the 100? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still 100% because the fundamentals speak for themselves really to me. Obviously, I completely get the concerns. Any change, this is a big one, any change is always going to uh, cause consternation. And cricket has so much tradition and history and we feel so attached to our counties that when there's a big change, naturally people are going to be concerned. So I completely get it. But for me, it's because I'm concerned for the future of those counties, of the game at large, professional grassroots. It's that concern about the future that drives me towards the 100. And I just think once back in the day, we took a chance, we backed research and we did the T20 and it was a great success. And I think if we did this podcast in 15 years time, we'll look back at the 100 and say, we took a chance, we backed the research and it was a huge success. But as we know, only time can tell. That's a date, 15 years time. And you go and get ready for your date because you've got a Bit of a, a date going on this afternoon, have you? We've actually just rescheduled, but <laughs> been a pleasure. Thanks, James. Sorry, did the Cricket Magic podcast get in the way of your your love life? Well, only temporarily. You know, no, nothing stops love long term, does it, James? <laughs> yeah. Well, you good luck with that, and hopefully, it's not as bad as I think, Chris. Come across to you. Have you heard anything today from the other side of the uh, the arguments that uh, is something that maybe you've not considered or that you that worries you at all, or are you like Warren still one hundred percent for it? I always find things that I haven't considered and I am always interested to hear things from other people's perspectives. My mind is still unmoved. I still think it's I still think it's um the positives far outweigh the negatives. Um, but what I have what I think I've seen here is uh, myself and six other people who genuinely love cricket and want cricket to be successful and want it want everybody to love it. Um, I know I I want everybody in the world to love cricket and this opposite offers a unique opportunity for us all to learn something new together. So for that reason, that's kind of why I'm I'm still very much in favour of it and I'm uh, very much looking forward to going to the matches I've got tickets for. Good man. Thank you for being on today, Chris. And uh, let's go across then to the neutrals. We said at the start of this discussion that hundreds like Brexit, either people are very much remain or very much leave. Well, we have two people today that are in the middle of the argument and admitted to being neutral. Um, let's start with you, Phil. In terms of where you came into this conversation at, at 50%, if that's that's where you could maybe sort of in the middle of the spectrum. Are you leaning one way or the other today? Are you still very much in the neutral camp? Um, I probably started probably not 50%. I was, I was probably more inclined towards slightly leaning towards being anti the game. My position has slightly changed, but probably not overall. In terms of the tinkering with the game, I think I'm less concerned about that. The, I think the innovation is so trifling. And as I think I used the word pathetic earlier, that as you rightly said, bat and ball, we're going to watch people basically performing the the es- essence of cricket on the screen. That's not changed. They haven't announced that rule change yet anyway. The fact they're going to have to wear mascot outfits and, and do it yeah. with a hockey stick or something. Play, yeah, play opposite-handed or, or whatever. Yeah. But in terms of fight, I, I mean, the, the tinkering is, as I say, largely pathetic, but I don't think it's going to change the essence of the game. I'm less concerned about that, but I am more concerned about the impact of the franchises and the, and the constriction of the game and the future for counties you're, with smaller grounds is, is more of my concern now. You're the lawman on here, but I, um, I I understand it. They're not actually technically franchises. What uh, oh, the, These yeah. eight teams are just eight teams that have been set up in the cities that are effectively owned by the ECB, I think, at the moment. They would become franchises if they sold them off right. to, I, to other owners. Pre-franchises. But, but that is distinctly possible, I think, 
if it's you know depending on how the how the thing goes. That, I mean that's that's actually a, a big question. If would your view change at all if the owner of the Kolkata Knight Riders, for sake of argument, suddenly took over the uh, the hundred team closest to you? I think my my concern is a selfish one, and it uh, and it's for Essex, uh, and and that's that that would probably concern me more. The idea that someone with a ton of money had come in to, I mean, it would no doubt be great for for whichever team he came over and took over. But the, I think the issue at the heart of it is the imbalance, isn't it? Is the imbalance of power and finances and and leaving everybody exposed. And that's for me what's what's come out of this discussion this morning. Because before I'd rather dismiss that as rather reactionary, perhaps an expression of traditional sentiment over rationally looking forward at things. But I'm certainly more concerned about it now. And if anything, I'd have shifted more to the anti side of things. But I, I, I'm still conscious that I didn't like the T20. I didn't. I can't remember. It was quite some time ago. Now I was quite young, but I remember there being a lot of opposition to, to the county championship being split into divisions. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's, there's always opposition to change. You always hear yeah, the vocal yeah. opposition to change. But as I as I remember it, um, and it's not that long ago that when the T20 came in, there was that element of hit and giggle, and people thought it was a, a bit of a joke. Or you know, players I know certainly felt it was a little bit gimmicky and a bit of a joke. But they brought it in in stages, didn't they? they I think the first time, the first season at Headingley, there was only one or two games at Headingley in its first year, and yep. obviously more people turned up than they thought, and and and, and enjoyed it, and then the feedback was good, and they ultimately started to grow it. We're going full on with the hundred, aren't we? We're, we're bringing yeah, we, in something that's complete. We gamble. It's all in. Yeah. It, it seems to be all in. So for T Twenty, my recollection was the concern was that people would, that that techniques would suffer, that it would become, it would infiltrate the longer forms of the game, that test cricketers wouldn't be of such quality because they'd, they'd be making their money playing T, uh, T20 and the idea of lasting five, four or five days would be uh, a secondary concern and would affect techniques. But I think we are all in. It's straight in. There's no... The roulette, the roulette wheel is spinning and we're all on red. Uh, there's yeah. no doubt about that, I don't think, in terms of the uh, the cricket's finances. Abby, the final word with you. You are our neutral um, coming into this discussion. How do you leave this chat? I am sad to announce that my position has not changed. Well, I that's completely leave. pointless podcast yeah. then because yeah. five, five of the six of you are exactly where you started. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it was always going to be that way. I think people with the hundred are just so formed in their opinions now that there's no going back. I completely accept and I admit that cricket in general, when you view it in the context of the entire UK population, it has an image problem that needs changing. I just don't think the hundred is necessarily the right way to go about it. I think it does have the opportunities to do it. If it had been well organised from the beginning, from its announcement and from its launch, then I think it would be we would be in a very different position than what we are today. But my position has not changed. I will be watching it online, but I just can't be bothered to go to Cardiff, to be honest. <laughs> well, thank you, all six of you, for coming on today. I have to say, Warren and Chris, you haven't actually changed my mind either. So all seven of us are exactly pretty much where we started out in terms of this chat. I am quite concerned about the game of cricket and how it's going to affect the 18 counties. That's my major concern. The 100 itself could be absolutely marvellous and I could enjoy it. I've got a kind of little bit of rebellious streak in me as well and because of my stance I've actually worked out during our chat today that I'm going to get involved in the women's 100. I'm going to watch that and actually ignore the men's game and then do that as my kind of resistance to the, uh, the the 100 coming in this summer. We're not going to stop it. All of us people that have these anti-opinions, the guys at the ECB have got it all sorted out and they're going to go ahead with it unfortunately. Um, but I am concerned about how it's going to affect the game, the wider game rather than actually just that part of the summer. But Warren, Chris, Abby, 
Harry, Phil, Craig and Richard, thank you very much for being on today's edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. I think this one is going to come out in over two parts because we've had a very long chat today, but it's been uh, really interesting to hear all of your different takes on the 100 coming up this summer. And uh, thank you for joining me. I've been James Butler, the Cricket Badger, and I'll talk to you again soon. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.